howdy, howdy. <laughs> so I'm about to take a trip. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I can't even contain myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I have FOMO so bad. I'm so excited. And so as soon as, um, as soon as it's got booked, Samantha was like, ah, we're going to do a case. We're going to do a case about where you're going. So I don't know if I'm going to regret this or not. Oh We're doing all sorts of stuff down there that is absolutely going to scare me to death, but I am so excited. I've been there before. You guys have heard this, but um, I've given her all of the heads up on the scams and stuff, and I think she'll be fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm just, it's, it's really so, hot, but. I don't. I don't ever go anywhere or do anything, and so this is totally out of my comfort zone, but I am so excited. I had more money, I would be like, I'm coming with. But I'm poor. (laughs) Help me, I'm poor. So we're we're going to do a New Orleans case? Yes. Yes. Okay. An old school one. An an old school one. Okay, so it's not anything current or anything, so it's not going to scare me too bad, right? No, you'll be fine. New Orleans is full of history. So much history. I hope that there's like a ton of museums and stuff down there so that I can embrace the history. Just so I, I mean, can just learn. walking around like the French Quarter, you're gonna so like soak in so much. Yeah, Ugh, it's been so many years. It's been oh gosh, twenty eighteen when I went. Yeah, Ugh, I'm so jealous. I am so excited. I'm like, can you please go get here and send me pictures of the food? Can you please go here and get this? Can you please go here? Can you bring me a present from here? <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. And we'll see. We'll see. But I am so excited. I don't ever do this. I never do things I'm like so this. I'm so proud of you. I'm so, so jealous. I'm so I have FOMO so bad. You have what? FOMO. Fear of missing out. Oh, I was like, you're what? <sighs> FOMO. What the hell is that? <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited though. So Samantha's gonna Samantha's gonna bring us a case of that area. I have a story first though. Oh, okay. Do you wanna know what happened to me last night? I don't know, do I? So now that I'm no longer home alone, we I start all my stories seem to start like this. Like, oh, when oh, I'm home alone. When I was alone. But now that I don't like to say when I'm alone, you know? Safety right. pre- precautions. Sure. Um, so I was home alone last night. My husband went and did um he was riding dirt bikes in South Dakota. He's like 30 going on four. Seriously. <laughs> um, so he went for... Just kidding. I love you. <laughs> so he went on an overnight uh, dirt bike trip. And I'm like home alone. I'm like working on my podcast notes, which is like never a good idea to do before bed anyways when you're home alone. And I fell asleep on the couch. And I had a candle going. And I woke up. And it was like 9.30 last night. Because you texted me, what, like 10.30? And I was like, oh, I just fell asleep. And I woke up on the couch. Yeah. Uh, It was like 9.30. I wake up. And I was like, oh, shit. The candle is going. I remember saying that. And I remember getting up, blowing out the candle, and going upstairs. I vividly remember this happening. I go upstairs. I'm texting you. I'm up for like the next hour. This morning, I wake up at 7 o'clock on the dot. I go downstairs. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because the candle on my freaking thing is going. But a candle that has burned for that long should be, like, melted. Yeah. Only the top layer of wax is melted. It was like somebody had just, like, lit my candle. Oh, crazy. Is that not so spooky? I was like, okay, don't love that. Oh, that's crazy. I remember blowing it out. <gasps> is that not so weird? Are you sure? A hundred percent. Even if I didn't blow it out, it would have been melt- more melted than that. 
You didn't go down there and light it and just forget? When? And I don't... Girl, those stairs are steep. I don't go down the stairs unless I need to go down those stairs. I got a bathroom up there. I got snacks on my nightstand. I don't have to go down the stairs unless I have to I go downstairs. I got snacks on my nightstand. <laughs> I don't have to go downstairs. Once I'm upstairs, I'm upstairs. Oh, that's creepy. Spooky, huh? Okay. That's pretty spooky. Just had to share that. Huh. So, my friendly neighborhood ghost decided I needed my candle lit this morning. Huh. All right. Or, or somebody's in your house. Okay, well, like, don't say that, but... Interesting. Eek! Eek. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. (laughs) This is the suspended sentence. New Orleans! Wahahaha. Here we go. We are going long ago and back to New Orleans today as we cover Madame LaLaurie. Okay. Do you know anything about her? No. At all? No. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And I've already. I love her name though. You're not gonna love her. Oh. Um, so I told Tracy that when she's there, she has to go by and get videos of the house and videos of the neighborhood for our, for you guys. Yes. So if you haven't been there, so you know, like, what this looks like. Okay. Okay. Videos so, of the house, like, inside? Can you go inside of it? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But, like, the outside's still pretty cool, and I'll tell you, like, why that's cool. Okay. Near the end. So this is, actually, I talk about it all the time, and I know you don't watch the show, but American Horror Story... The season Coven, which is like I think like the fifth season or something, they cover a little bit about Delphi Lalaurie in that. She's like a big main character in the show. So if you've watched that show, she was a real person. She did exist. Some of the horrible things in the show really did happen. Okay. Did? Did happen. Okay. So she was born March 19th, 1787. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. During the Spanish colonial period, and she was born in New Orleans. So I'm going to give you, this is going to be mostly history for you. I love it. It's going to be kind of like a history podcast today with a little bit of murder. Murder. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Torture and things like that at the end. So both of Delphi's parents um, were prominent in the town's European Creole community, which Creole is like, you know, there's Creole food. It's like a demographic of people is Creoles. Um, so sh- they were very prominent in the town's European Creole community. Her uncle by marriage, Esteban Rodriguez Miro, was the governor of the Spanish-American provinces of Louisiana and Florida. During 1975 through 1791. Oh my gosh. Long time. Yeah. And her cousin, Augustine D. McCarty, was mayor of New Orleans from 1815 to 1820. So prominent family. Okay. Delphine was only four years of age when the um, Hadean Revolution erupted in 1791. Something that made slaveholders in the uh, southern United States... And the Caribbean, very afraid of resistance and rebellion from slaves. Delphine's uncle had been murdered in 1771 by his slaves during this revolution. So the South was pretty scared that, like, all of their slaves were going to rebel against slave Mm -hmm. owners. Uh, And this had inspired the local um, Mina conspiracy in 1791. The Point Coupe conspiracy in 1794. On June 11th, 1800, at age 13, Delphine would marry, yeah, you heard that right, 13, she married Don Ramon de Lopez Anglo, a high-ranking Spanish royal officer. So she, her first marriage was at 13 years old, 
very high-ranked officer. Mm-hmm. In 1804, <clears throat> so just four years later, after the American acquisition of what um, was, again, a French territory, Don Ramon had been appointed to the position of French, um, a French, a position of consul general for Spain for the territory of New Orleans. Okay. He was called to appear in the court of Spain, and while en route to Madrid um, with Delphine, who was pregnant, Don Ramon suddenly died. Oh, okay. A few days after his death, she would give birth to um, his daughter, Marie Bajor, uh, and then really, really long last name because it's all of their last names combined. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I'm not going to read all of that. Uh, The widow Delphine and her child would then return to New Orleans. Okay. So while traveling to Spain, like, that's got to be, like, traumatic. You're like, what? 16 years old yeah giving birth to your first baby on a boat to spain and your husband dies just died yeah that's stressful in june of 1808 she's now around 21 years old she gets married again to jean blackou a prominent banker merchant lawyer and legislator oh wow yes at this time um they purchased a house at 409 royal street in new orleans for the family which became later known as the villa blake uh, Delphine would have four children with him named Marie Louise Marie, Marie Louise Janine, and Jean Pierre. Um, he would die in 1816. I couldn't figure out how he died. Okay. Okay, so now she's got five children mm-hmm. and again is widowed. June 25th of 1825, she would marry her third husband, a physician named Leonard Louise Nicholas Lallory, who was 15 years her junior. Okay. Uh, in 1831, they would buy a property at 1140 Royal Street, which is where I want you to go. Okay. <laughs> 1140 Royal Street, which she managed in her own name with little involvement from her husband in 1831. Whoa, that's unheard of. Wild, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, in 1832, she had a two-story mansion built there, complete with attached slave quarters. She lived there with her third husband and their and their two daughters and maintained the central position in New Orleans society because she's, again, she's married very prominent men, comes from a prominent family. Mm -hmm. Like, she is what's considered at this time a socialite. Yeah. You know? So this marriage soon showed signs of strain, however, and on November 16th of 1932, she petitioned the first judicial court for a separation of bed and board of her husband. It's pretty much a legal divorce, but they just called it a bed and board, separation of bed and board. Okay. Uh, at which she claimed that Lala Ree had, quote, treated her in such a manner as to render their living together unsupportable. Hmm. Okay. These claims were um, also um, confirmed by her son and two of her daughters. What do so, you do? I don't know. I mean, he's banned, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, accounts of Delphi Lowry's treatment of her slaves between 1831 and 1834 are very mixed. Harriet, I'm going to say her name very wrong. They're all French names and it's very hard for me. Martin New um, wrote in 1838 and recounted tales told uh, to her by New Orleans residents during her 1836 visit claiming that slaves at La Lurie were observed to be singularly haggard and wretched. However, in public appearances, Lalaurie had been seen to be generously, generally polite to black people and solicitous of the health and of those enslaved. So, in this writing, she's like, I don't know, her slaves look pretty 
not very taken care of, but when she's in public, she's um, always very kind to sure. sl- other slaves and cares about their well-being. So this this was all written down by her by her sure her visit. There were federal um, funeral res- registrations between 1830 and 1834, documenting the deaths of 12 of her slaves at the Royal Street House. Whoa. So in four years, she had 12 slaves that died. How many slaves did Red she flag. have? I mean, not that that's... I'm not sure altogether, but... I mean, was there like sicknesses going through or... Well, so it says on the death records, there is not a mention of any infectious disease that could have been easily been the cause. Hmm. So because we do this, I, I do have the names of those that died and I feel like it's important to at sure. least mention people like they're humans that uh, we need to take a hundred percent you know what I mean like the 12 deaths on this record include Boone a cook and a um, laundress and her four children oh Jeanette aged 13 Florence aged 10 Jules aged six Le- uh, Leon Leontine aged four um, and then there was Bonnie who it looks like was 30 had also been previously enslaved by a refugee from St. Saint Domique and was described in her sale as a, quote, chronic runaway with an influx of white and free St. Dominion refugees of color. And to those whom had been enslaved, the fear of slaves from St. Dominique were lingering in Louisiana. Sure. So court records from this time showed that LaLaurie fed two slaves, um, or freed two fed oh my gosh i can't say a word <laughs> i hope she would feed them um lollery freed two of her slaves jean lewis in 1819 and devence in 1832 harriet the lady who had wrote about the treatment she wrote that the public rumors that lollery's mistreatment of slaves on her property were sufficiently widespread at the local that a local lawyer had been dispatched to the home on royal street to remind lollery of the laws to upkeep her slaves. Hmm. The rumors had gotten to an attorney. That's how bad the rumors were of the treatment. During this visit, the lawyer found no evidence of any wrongdoing or mistreatment of the slaves by Lollery. Harriet also recounted other tales of Lollery's cruelty that were current among the New Orleans residents about 1836. She said that subsequent to the visit from the attorney, one of Lollery's neighbors saw an eight-year-old slave girl fall to her death from the roof, from the top window of the, from the top floor of her Royal Street mansion, while trying to avoid punishment from a whip-wielding Lollery. Oh my gosh! The body was subsequently buried on the mansion grounds, and Janine de Dalavu, in her 1945 account, gave the child's age at 12 and gave her name as Leah. Later, writers elaborated this case, saying that Leah had been brushing Delphi's hair when she hit a snag, causing LaLaurie to grab a whip and chase her to the roof. Oh my gosh. So when you go to see this, because I've been here, you'll look and one of the windows is boarded up. Mm-hmm. That is where she would have fallen from. Oh. And we'll go into why it's still like that today here at the end. But according to Harriet, this incident led to an investigation because there are laws about treatment of treatment slaves. Of slaves. Yeah. Even though slavery is a thing at this time and we know how people treated slaves, there was laws to try and make it not chasing people off roofs with whips. Yeah. Um, 
So this led to an investigation of the Lollaries in which they were found guilty of illegal cruelty and forced to forfeit nine of their slaves from the household. What a punishment. So instead of getting fined money or something, you have to give up slaves. Slaves. But people, human beings are... Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So these nine enslaved people were brought... Bought, were bought back by the Lollaries through an um, through a relative. So that's how they got away with that because they weren't allowed to have those nine slaves. So they had a relative go, gave the relative money, and the relative went and bought them back for her. Were they the slaves that she was mistreating that were taken away from her? Um, she just had to give up nine. I think she could pick which nine she wanted to get rid of. Really? Isn't that so, so fucked? It's so fucked up. Um... So they were returned to the Royal Street residence, and similarly, similarly, similarly. Oh my gosh, I'm saying too many lalaries okay. and things. I know. <laughs> Harriet encountered or recounted stories that Lalaurie kept her cooked chained to the kitchen stove, and would beat her daughters when they would attempt to feed the slaves. Oh my god! So not only like treatment of people she doesn't know, she's also beating her children for trying to have a heart and take care of human beings. Her own children. Mm-hmm. Wow. For having a heart and caring for other humans. Ooh. On April 10th of 1834, a fire would break out in Lollaree's residence on Royal Street, starting in the kitchen. When the police and the fire marshals got there, they found the cook, 70-year-old woman, chained to the stove by her ankles. She later said that she had started the fire as a suicide attempt um, because she feared being, I can't turn the page, um, punished. So she was trying to kill herself by starting the fire. Oh, my God. She said that the slaves that were taken to the uppermost room would never come back down. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So, some say that there was a handful of bodies upstairs, while others claimed that there was over 100 victims upstairs, in the upstairs of the home. What? Yeah. So, either way, this would cement Madame Lurie's reputation as one of the most brutal women in American history. Yeah. Um... Some of the slaves that were dead upstairs would have holes drilled in their heads, <gasps> um, feces shoved into their mouths, and their mouths sewed shut. What? Yeah. Um, in one account that I read, um, with the drilling of the hole in the head, there was like chains and stuff. It looked like that was like her torture chamber. Um, there would be like wooden spoons where it was rumored that she would. Sorry, stir their brains through the <gasps> holes in their head. Oh my God. Like horrible, horrible things that she would do up there. As reported in the New York, uh, the New Orleans Bee on April 11th of 1834, bystanders reported or responding to the fire attempted to enter the quarters of those enslaved to ensure that everybody was evacuated. Upon being refused keys by the Lollaries, the bystanders broke down the doors to the quarters and found seven, quote, seven slaves more or less horribly mutilated suspended by their necks through their limbs apparently stretched and torn from ext- one extremity to the other who claimed that had been imprisoned for more than months oh my god so one of those that entered the premises was judge jean francois um who subsequently responded uh, disposed to having found the lollary mansion among others um quote a negress wearing an iron collar a um, quote, an old Negro woman who had received a deep wound to her head, who was too weak from the wound to be able to walk. So those are things this judge said he saw. 
And those were quotes. That is not Samantha saying, saying those, those words. Yeah, those are quotes from, from the judge. Um, that is freaking uh, awful. He said that when he questioned Lollary's husband about those enslaved on the property, he was told in a manner that, quote, some people had better stay at home rather than come to others' houses and dictate laws and meddle in other people's business. Wow. A version of the story was circulating in 1836, um, recounted by Harriet, added that the slaves were um, showing signs of being flayed with a whip, were bound in restrictive uh, postures, and wore spiked iron collars, which kept their heads in, a, um, in certain positions. Jesus Christ. Like, horrible. She's a horrible human. <laughs> like, and yeah. she's like the socialite in New Orleans, right? Like, prominent family woman. So when the discovery of the abused slaves became widely known, a mob of local citizens attacked the residents. Good. Good. Um, and they, quote, demolished and destroyed everything upon which they could lay their hands. Good. A sheriff and his officers were called upon to disperse the crowd, but by the time the mob left, the property had sustained major damage with, quote, scarcely anything remaining but the walls. They tore the mansion down, pretty much. Wow. The slaves were taken to the local jail where they were available for public viewing. What? Yep. The Bee reported that on that by April 12th, up to 4,000 people had attended the viewing of the slaves to, quote, convince themselves of the suffer of their suffering. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cute? Valerie's life after this, um, after the 1834 fire, is not well documented. Harriet wrote in 1838 that Valerie fled New Orleans during the mob violence and that followed the fire, taking a coach to the waterfront and traveling by schooner to Mobile, Alabama, and then from there she got on a boat to Paris. Living with her, um, living with her mother and two sisters, Pauline and Laura ex- were ex- in exile to Paris. Duffin's son, Pauline, or Pauline, wrote on August 15th, 1842, to his brother-in-law, Augustine Dalus, stating that Delphine was serious about returning to New Orleans and had thought about doing so for a long time. He wrote in the same letter that he believed that his mother never had any idea about the reason for her departure from New Orleans, despite Delphine's, quote, bad mood and her determination to return to New Orleans. The disapproval of her children and the other relatives apparently was enough for her to cancel her travel plans. She was going to go back. She was like, I don't know why I can't go back. What do you mean? Oh, my God. What are you talking about? Everybody loves me. I'm a socialite. So the circumstances of Lala Ree, she because she died eventually, I mean, everybody dies, um, were very unclear. In 1888, George Washington Cable encountered a popular but unsubstantiated story that Lollary died in France in a boar hunting accident. But in late, late 1930, Eugene Backett, who served as a sexton to St. Louis Cemetery Number 1, which is the other one that I want you to go for, Marie Lavoux, mm-hmm. um, came across a tombstone that was a cracked copper plate on Alley 4 of that cemetery. And that he got the tombstone translated, and it says Madame Lalaurie. So it's believed that she's buried in New Orleans. Really? So somehow she got back there and is buried there. Huh. At least her tombstone is. At least somebody put a t- she might Her body might not be there, but her, her right. tombstone is. 
Oh, weird. So the original New Orleans mansion occupied by LaRie obviously didn't surprise, survive the mob, but an impressive mansion at 1140 Royal Street on the corner of Governor Nicholas Street, formerly known as Hospital Street, and commonly referred to as La LaLaurie or the Haunted House, is not the same building that was inhibited by her. But um, when she acquired the property in um, 1831, she built that big mansion, all that, right? It was mm-hmm. rebuilt. The house was rebuilt. So, like I said, that house was built, burnt by the mob and remained a ruin for four years after this and was rebuilt by Pierre, Pierre Trezor in 1838 and assumed the appearance that it has today over the following decades it would be used as a public high school oh my gosh (laughs) an apartment building a refugee for young delinquents a bar a furniture store and a luxury apartment building in april of 2007 actor nicholas cage bought the home for the sum of 3.45 million dollars and to protect the doctor's privacy, the mortgage documents were arranged in such a way that Cage's name did not appear on them. On November 13, 2009, the property, then valued at $3.5 million, was listed at auction as a result of foreclosure. It was purchased by the Regions Financial Corporation for $2.3 million. The property last changed hands in 2010 when it was purchased by the current owner, Michael Wallen, for $2.1 million. So... Like I said, you can see, and you'll be able to see, like, the window, which is where the little girl would have fallen from. But it's from. not, ori- it's not the it's original It's not the home. original building. Okay. But you'll be able to see, and here's why, and I'll go into this here in a minute. The window will be boarded from where the little girl had fallen from. Yeah. If you go to the front, the door handle is about a foot and a half up from the ground. This was as it was originally to the to the house. Because LaLaurie wanted it to be so that her slaves were forced to bow to open the door for anybody so the handle is still that low to the ground like oh wow and those are things just to kind of pay attention to when you're looking at the house and the Mm -hmm. reason for this is in 1921 new orleans was the first city in the united states to pass the ordinance creating a historical district the vcc was created to preserve the french quarters buildings quote deemed to have architectural and historical value for the benefit of the people of the city of new orleans in the state of louisiana that is in the louisiana constitution that the french quarter has to look as it did originally oh okay so it's to preserve history it's supposed to right so when the house was rebuilt even though it's a new house it would have had to be as it would have been then. Is it in the same location? It's in the exact same location. Oh, okay. The address is the exact same. All of that. The VCC operating today is a state-enabled city agency that was formally established and formally established in 1936. The geographic jurisdiction of the I'm going to say this wrong. Felix Cari. It's a rough word, or a French word. It is roughly the same as it was originally in 1718 French colony of New Orleans, which is one of America's first planned cities. Whoa. Right? So within the 90 blocks of the French Quarter, this incorporates... 90 blocks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Um incorporates more than 2,000 properties and 3,000 buildings, 15 of which are considered of national, architectural, and historical significance. That is awesome. 
approximately 180 of which are deemed, quote, major architectural and historical um, significance. Wow. So something... The history. Mm-hmm. So one thing with that, though, is there was the Great Fire of New Orleans in 1794. Mm-hmm. And this was December 8th, 1794. Originally, the French Quarter, everybody used cypress trees. Because they're, like, super, super strong and they grow in swamps. Okay. So, like, when you go on your swamp tour, all of the, like, really crazy trees growing out of the swamp are cypress trees. <laughs> and they're, like, some of the strongest wood that you can find. So, what are you going to build a house with? Right. You want weak wood or are you going to use strong-ass wood? Right. Or you use strong-ass wood. So, all of, the, all of the French Quarter was built out of this wood. And the thing, though, is... Cypress has is soft in the middle, which causes it to burn incredibly fast. Oh yeah, it burns super super fast and it leaves very few coals, but makes a lot of smoke. Okay. So when it went up, it went up because all of sure like the city had to rebuild. Wow. So that's an interesting little tidbit. So nothing like from from the early eighteen hundreds, pretty much the French Quarter had to be rebuilt. But because of the historical society, it had to be rebuilt as it was. As it was. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool little law. Yeah. It's, I, when I, I did a tour down there and the guy that was our tour guide said that it, it's really cool, but they take it so seriously that like, he said, it's probably different now, but at the time that I was there, there was seven historical craftsmen that were allowed to work on the homes. Really? Because you have to be certified by, like, the historical society. So that you put shingles on that look like Mm -hmm. they're really old. You put on, like, if a sconce breaks, it has to be crafted to look and molded exactly like it did. Mm -hmm. So you have to have, so it's very expensive. Because you have to have a historical craftsman come out and make any repairs to your home. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. It's so cool. I mean, the history of that place really sucks really sucks it really sucks and i mean it's not like so she is considered an american serial killer just because of how many yeah people died under her why i guess i mean i'm gonna show my ignorance here why were those slaves taken to jail and what happened to them so this was before I mean, when was the Civil War? Oh, that's going to make me sound really ignorant here. Um, so. Well, it's hard to remember, like, off the top of your head. But, I mean, like, and then for to put them on display like that would be, like, I mean, the level or the not level of humanity there. Yeah. So, I mean, the Civil War wasn't until it started in 1861. 1861. So, so I mean, slaves were weren't considered people at this time. I mean, so, I mean, they'd be brought probably to jail for viewing and probably for on as disgusting as it is as like repurchase they were confiscated property not it, people jesus christ so i mean it's a shitty part of history but like it's a really shitty part of history so i mean no matter the trauma and the torture that they were going through they would have been up for repurchase they were compensated by the state they weren't taken to a hospital and gotten back in good health shown absolutely no compassion whatsoever just yeah oh my god Mm -hmm. 
So that's why, like, probably could you, could probably you imagine, imagine like generations later, like how many generations would it be from, you know, the slaves then to now? I mean, several. But could you imagine being, you know, related to to one of those? I hate using that word, slaves. Like it makes me feel filthy just saying it. Mm-hmm. It really hurts my heart too. I know it is. <laughs> It's really sad, and it's really sad that, like, of how people are treated. I mean, good for those that went and tore the house down and that oh, there was a mob that, like, yeah. because there was, I mean, they weren't great laws. I'm not saying, oh, at least there was laws. I'm saying, like, there was laws instead that you can't brutally, like, this, do things like that. This is going to be, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be racist. Was the mob black or was it white? It was white. It was white people. Mm-hmm. I love that. Good. Yeah, because... Everybody that's adhering to the laws, and then you've got this socialite that thinks she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. I'm sure that did piss people off. So, did her husbands really die of whatever, or did she kill them? Who knows? I mean... I mean, at least the first one we know dies, not died of... And then, I kind of have to eat my words when you were like, the, he was, you know, not being nice to her, her third husband or whatever, and I was like, well, he's a man. And then she did all this horrific stuff. I know. Well, I mean, he was kind of gross, too, though. I mean, his, his comment to the sheriff of, you know, who are you to deem what we do in our own, in our own home? Yeah. Like. Well, and you would have to, I mean, you'd have to be equally as disgusting and vile as she is to be married to somebody like that, I feel like. Right, and condone things like that happening. I mean, chaining that poor 70-year-old woman to the stove. Right, conditions are so bad that she'd rather burn to death. She would rather burn to death than go upstairs because she knows upstairs is going to be way worse than anything that could happen. Oh, my gosh. Do you have any questions for me? At New Orleans or anything? Yeah. Okay. So the French quarters. Explain. Mm-hmm. Explain. Explain that to me. Like, why is it called the French quarters? When was it? Like, is every building that's built there, like from seventeen twenty to seventeen ninety or whatever, or is it? So I mean, do people still live there? Yeah. So people still live down there. There's like apartments and stuff. Um, I did a quick Google search. So. The French Quarter is located on the banks of the Mississippi, where the where the Mississippi River. Yep. <laughs> where New Orleans was established by the French, so that's why it's oh, the okay. French Quarter. In seventeen eighteen, uh, the site was not se- selected was selected not only because of the waterfront, um, and it's in a low lying swampland, so that was good for them, but why? also because of the proximity to Lake Pontchartrain. Okay. So, which you can get to via Bayou Street. Bayou so, Street? Mm-hmm. What? Like, Pontchartrain's the big one that I was like, oh, if you're going to Sidel for your, maybe if that's where your tour is. I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Um, you've got to go over Lake Pontchartrain to get to there. It's this huge lake. Um, but, yeah, you can, people still live down there. It's hard to say how old all of the houses are down there because, I mean... It's huge. It can they there's been fires, there's been things, but it has to be rebuilt in the same style. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it all looks like you're walking through history, but it could be a ten year old house. Uh huh. You know, it's kind of wild. Oh, I am so excited. And then you've got like Jackson Square. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's full of history. I mean, it's called it's brick roads. It's oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I'm so excited. But this is some shitty history that goes along with it oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime we go into history, I mean, here where we're at, tons and tons of history. Mm -hmm. But it's more like cowboy and Indian wars and fights and battlegrounds and stuff, which is very, very cool. I mean, it's very cool history, but it's shitty history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're... Yeah, there's like the reservations and stuff. I mean, when you talk about, you know, evolution, it was like, man, that's what we had to do to evolve? Really? That, like, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But I am so excited. And I mean, down there, I mean, there's history everywhere. Like, I mean, the oldest bars down there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's... The oldest bar in the world? Uh, Or in America? I don't know if it's the oldest one in America, but let me see. (laughs) Oldest bar, New Orleans. I think it's the blacksmith bar. I've been there. That's really cool, too. Is it? Uh, do I not have history on here? <laughs> Whatever. Well, well I'll, I'll learn and I'll tell you about it when I get back. Oh, it was built between 1722 and 1732. And it has the original beams. It's like concreted around it, but you can see the beams. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, their workmanship was and you can see the giant old nails that they would use in the in the beams there because they leave it so the con- they concreted around it and sanded it down while it was wet so you could still see the beams oh wow so you can see the nails you can see and i don't think they have power in there i think it's just the fireplace really mm-hmm. oh man but i mean there's just so many and you if you blink while you're walking down the street you're gonna miss you're gonna miss things really it's i mean you got to walk up and down streets a couple times because there's so much so much Oh, my anxiety. So, she's disgusting. Um, back then, she probably wasn't considered a serial killer, but now if you look at, like, her Wikipedia page, she's listed as an American serial killer, so. Oh, really? As she should be. As she should be, absolutely. And, I mean, she did get a suspended sentence. She, like, moved to Paris and, like, lived her life. Yeah. And then somehow got back to New Orleans. I don't, that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure they could, like, honestly, she probably isn't there because most tombs and burial sites are coliseums in New Orleans because of the flooding. Yeah. Um... Because, like, during Katrina and yeah, stuff, the yeah, water, yeah. I mean, caskets yeah. floating the streets. So, I mean, I feel like if she was buried there, she probably isn't there anymore if she was. Because if she was buried in the ground, she yeah, probably is in the ocean somewhere. Um, realistically. Or, or maybe somebody just put a tombstone there because she wanted to be back in New Orleans. Or because it makes great history. I mean, she was, I mean... But nobody knows how it got there and it wasn't discovered until 1932. Interesting. Wild, huh? Ah, all right. So there's your bit of history and uh, can't wait for our next episode when she tells us all about the spooky ghost tour where I think it's on your ghost tour, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. So maybe you'll get like a little ghost. Maybe you'll like connect with Lalari. Oh, geez. I I am so excited though. I'm so excited and we will. So our next episode, I'll be back for. And so I'll have lots of stories for everyone. Yes. And I'll take tons of pictures for for our IG. Yes. For everybody. So you can and see the windows. I need you to get a picture of the door and the window at least so you can like see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke here, but I kind of want to put a doorknob down low so that my kids have to bow to me before they come into my house. <laughs> you imagine living in it now? Because it has to be historical accurate. Like yeah. imagine walking like trying to carry groceries in. Did they do they have an additional I don't think so. Really? I don't, I'll have to go look at my pictures from back then. Or I'll just tell you in the yeah. day. Yeah, tell us when you get back. Okay, perfect. So that's what I got. There's some New I Orleans history. I some... love it. I love history. I mean, I don't love this history. But... I love all history because, I mean, if we evolve and we grow from it, then, 
I'm not going to say that it's worth it because it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. I see value in every living thing. Mm-hmm. So I, it really hurts my heart to I hear agree. this and stuff. I agree. And those like little kids. It doesn't, I that's, mean, ugh, it do, that doesn't matter to me. Like people are people. I, I agree. But still, when you read like the names of six-year-old children that yeah, were Yeah, no, no. No. Ugh, she's horrible. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for bringing that, Sam. That's what we got. Thanks, guys. All right, stay safe.